At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A woman from Lilo. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And it is tremendous to get on this guest today. As Minty Betts is going to be joining me in the second segment. You know her from Yahoo Sportsbook. You know her from MSG. She does absolutely amazing work across the board. She does some work when it comes to the MLB, the NHL, when it comes to the NFL regular season, the NFL draft. She's going to be doing a great job looking at all those sports. And right now she's doing a great job on the diamond. So in the second segment, we're going to talk with her about what she's all been noticing from the season, what to make out of the mass amount of unders. And we're going to dive into four or five games that we're going to be seeing for today. So got to have a great chat with Minty in the second segment. Then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. And you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at June and underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters CM maybe does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. Them from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Really didn't get in too many questions today, but we did wind up having a great day of baseball on Wednesday. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The day wrapped up with a 1-0 game as this is just absolutely insane. The Oakland A's are now 5-4 and four in their last nine games with scoring two runs or fewer in I believe all but two of them. 1-0, they wind up taking down the San Francisco Giants, and that one run came in the first inning off the bat of the first batter of the game, Chad Pender. Solo home run in the first inning, leadoff home run. 
That is all the scoring that wound up taking place. This third home run season as Paul Blackburn, five scoreless innings as the starter. Domingo Acevedo was able to give you a scoreless inning. You wind up getting scoreless innings as well out of Zach Jackson and Danny Jimenez. Kirby Sneed, Sam Mall, they combined to be able to give you three outs. Just nothing to them for the San Francisco Giants on the side end. I mean, Sammy Long, the opener in this game, winds up taking the loss, giving up that home run. He now has a buck 35 ERA and an 0 1 record. As a result, Jacob Junis, the bulk guy, wound up punching out six, went five scoreless innings. Jake McGee, Tyler. Rogers, Camilio Duvall, all did their part. Just not a lot of scoring, and we wound up seeing more unders and overs once again in baseball on Wednesday, so we're going to be getting you guys caught up on those numbers once we wind up taking a look at the rest of the games that we wind up seeing on Wednesday, but insane what we've been seeing there. This game was on and under. The Angels, they take it to the Cleveland Guardians by kind of 9-5, and for the Guardians, it has been a little bit tough. They have lost the first three games of this series, and for that matter, they've now lost six straight games as for the Guardians, you did wind up having Zach Fleece that get destroyed. Seven runs, six of which were earned over the course of three and two-thirds innings, including a bomb hitting a home run for the Angels. That would be a man that now has three home runs in the series. Taylor Ward, his fourth home run in the series as Shoy Otani. He did wind up giving up a home run of his own. Two runs surrendered over the course of five innings, taking him deep. Jose Ramirez, he gets his fifth home run season. And then off of Andrew Wants, he gets his sixth home run season as Andrew Wants that one back as he wound up giving up two runs over the course of an inning. Mike Myers, not so funny that he gave up a run in an inning but Oliver Ortega was able to give you two scores and for the Angels, 7 of 12 with men in scoring position as they were able to get to Logan Allen out of the bullpen. He goes 2 in the third innings, giving up two runs. Emmanuel Classe had to clean up things in the 8th inning as he wound up getting a pair of outs and Sam Antiges was able to give you 1 and a third innings out of the bullpen. Scoreless. For the Astros, things were a little bit airy, but they were able to get the job done against the Texas Rangers. 4-3 to three the final. Christian Avieru should have never been removed from the starting rotation, by the way. Five innings pitch. He does wind up giving up a home run to Mitch Carver. Second home run season. Two runs in total, but was relatively solid. You did wind up seeing Brian Abreu, Phil Meaton, along with Hector Neres. I'll give you a scoreless inning. Ryan Sanek. And things wind up getting a little bit tighter in that ninth inning as he did wind up allowing a run in his inning, but was able to close things out, get it done. Glenn Otto, in his second start of the season, does wind up giving up two runs over the course of four and a third innings, including a Chaz McCormick home run, his first of the season, and a Rangers bullpen that has not been so great. And got two scoreless innings out of both Matt Moore and Garrett Richards, but Brett Martin, he winds up giving up a pair of runs in two-thirds of an inning, so the Astros may be able to get things online a little bit more. They've now been able to win two out of three in this series, going back to their series against the Blue Jays, three out of their last four. They've been dealing with some injuries, so good sign for them. The Minnesota Twins, in a little bit more conventional fashion than Tuesday with the Tigers, committing little league style errors. They're able to get it done by a count of 5-0 to zero against the Tigers. That's just absolutely nothing doing here for the Tigers. They wound up getting two hits for the entirety of the game. Michael Pineda turned into Michael Pineda. Gave up four runs over the course of five innings, including not one, not two, but three home runs. Max Kepler took him deep twice. His third and fourth home runs of the season and Ryan Jeffers gets his second as Joe Ryan. He looked like Joe Cool out there. Seven scoreless innings, nine punch outs. You wind up having Joe Smith and Danny Columbi give you scoreless innings. And for the Tigers bullpen, you did wind up having Andrew Chafin Come back off the injured list, gave up a run in an inning, but Drew Hutchinson, Will Vest were able to give you scoreless innings. Problem was, one run given up by the Tigers was one too many. So there's another one to the under. The Chicago Cubs in extra innings, they get it done against the Atlanta Braves by kind of 6-3. to three. Patrick Wisdom was able to get a home run in the 10th inning off of Tyler Mazik to be able to bust this thing open. He gets his third home run season as you wind up having Mr. Later Jr., Mark Later Jr., pretty much serve as an opener in this game. He winds up going two scoreless innings, and he got yanked. Keegan Thompson from there, not bad. One run given up in three innings. Wouldn't be surprised if we see him start at some point this season. Currently has a 0.0. 
0.54 ERA. Scott Efrost, Chris Martin were both able to give you a score of saying Michael Givens. He had given the Atlanta Braves an opportunity, giving up two runs in two-thirds of an inning. Daniel Robertson, though, he gets four outs, and Rowan Wick was able to pitch a scoreless seventh inning as the Cubs did wind up stranding 10 men on base, but were able to do just enough early on as Charlie Morton. Not long for this game. Three runs given up in two and a third innings. Bullpen from there did their job until you wound up having the ghost runner come about as you did wind up having A.J. Minter, Kenley Jansen, William Wood all give you scoreless innings. You wind up having two scoreless innings out of Colin McHugh. Jesse Chavez gives you five outs of the bullpen. Then Tyler Manzik comes in in the 10th, gives up three runs, two of which were earned, including that home run as you needed to have Mr. Tyler Thornburg be able to close that thing out. And for the Atlanta Braves, two of 13 with men in scoring position. So a prolific offense, unable to get it going there. The bottom Red Sox, they got it going against the Blue Jays of Toronto, 7-1 in the final. Michael Waka actually has a buck 77 ERA and has looked relatively solid this year, giving up one run over the course of six innings. From there, Eric Houses out of Mona, Jake Diekman, they combined for a scoreless inning, and you wind up having Taylor Danish and John Schreiber give you a scoreless inning, and for the Boston Red Sox, no home runs, but they go 5-13 of 13 with men in scoring position. Very much a theme from Wednesday. Not a lot of bombs, but a lot of small ball. Julia Merriweather gives up two runs in an inning. You wind up having Trent Thornton give up two runs in an inning as Ross Stripling. Solid start. Gives up one run over the course of five innings. Did have Taylor Sacito and Trevor Richards both be able to combine for a scoreless inning for you, but you also did wind up having two runs in a third of an inning given up by Andrew Vasquez, and you did wind up having a pair of outs out of Bowden. Francis to be able to close things out, but for the Blue Jays as well. 0-6 with men in scoring position, and been a little bit interesting to take a look at these Blue Jays as they played more unders and overs thus far this season, and in their season series against Boston, as these two teams have now played six games, they have played just one of them, I believe, to the over, so it has been very much an under series thus far this season. The New York Yankees wound up taking the DK Nation pick with the over. They needed just one more run as it was a little bit of an up and down game, but the Yankees, they get it done by a count of 5-2 to two as you did wind up having a solid start out of Tyler Wells, giving up two runs over the course of five innings. He did allow a bomb in this one as Giancarlo Stanton in the first inning gets his third home run season, and Joey Gallo Welcome to the club. His second home run season. As he's hitting just a buck 61. He goes deep off of Felix Batista. Gives up two runs while getting two outs for Mr. Batista. Joey Creeble. He winds up giving up a run in a third of an inning as well. But Travis Lincoln Sr., Dylan Tate, they're both able to give you a scoreless inning for the Orioles. Just not a lot of contact made in this game. Jordan Montgomery did wind up giving up a home run. Two runs in total in five and two-thirds innings as Anthony Santander gets a third home run season. But Michael King. Boy, has he been a king for the Yankees. He's got a 0.69 ERA. Two and a third inning scoreless. And Clay Holmes as a sub-1 ERA. He's able to get the save as he's able to get the final three outs in this one. He did wind up seeing the Philadelphia Phillies play in another over against the Colorado Rockies as we've seen three straight overs in this series. 7-3. Phils are able to get it done and if you're taking a look at the Colorado Rockies by the way, this is a bunch that they've been playing a few overs recently as you take a look back to their series against each other in Coors and I believe that you've now seen out of the last five games four overs and a push depending upon your closing number that you wound up seeing last week but with that said for the Colorado Rockies CJ Crone was able to get his seventh home run season but Mr. Feltner got destroyed as Ryan Feltner gives up four runs over the course of five innings including home run going deep for the Philadelphia Phillies Mr. Oduborrera second home run season from there you did wind up having a run in an inning given up by Carlos Aceves two runs given up in an inning by Robert Stevenson before Daniel Bart is able to give you a scoreless inning and for the Philadelphia Phillies. Ranger Suarez is not quite what he was last season. Does give up three runs over the course of six innings, including that Corona home run, but bullpen is looking a little bit better. Corey Knable is able to give you a scoreless inning, and then you had four different guys. Jose Alvarado, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Jurisic, Familia, and Brad Ann combined for two scoreless innings, so very much a by-committee situation there, but they were able to get it done. 
The Arizona Diamondbacks for the second straight day wind up getting a win over the LA Dodgers in a game in which they wound up having more runs than it. 3-1 the final. Zach Gallen has always given you a shot to be able to win when he's on the mound. Six scoreless innings. From there, Noe Ramirez is able to give you a scoreless inning. And Kennedy did wind up giving up a run in an inning, but Mark Melanson is able to close it out. As for the Arizona Diamondbacks, Nick Ahmed was able to take Julio Arias deep. His first home run of the season. He got one in the eighth to be able to generate two runs in. That was the entire game as Arias winds up giving up one in six innings, but a problem was that was the home run to Ahmed. Phil Bickford was able to give you a scoreless inning, but he did wind up having Danny Hudson give up two runs in his inning, only one of which was earned as he was hurt by a pair of fielding errors. So that wound up being not necessarily so great, but if you want to take the stakes, another nice plus money win there. The St. Louis Cardinals, they were able to clock the New York Mets by a count of 10-5. No home runs in this game, but a lot of soft contact as one Carlos Carrasco gives up eight runs, seven of which was earned. He wound up being hurt by an error by Francisco Lindor in the process. John Lurie fully, he goes one and two-thirds innings giving up a run, and then you don't mess with the Yoan Lopez. Goes two innings giving up a run before Jason Shreve is able to give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen without giving up anything and for the St. Louis Cardinals. Steven Matz, well, he didn't miss a lot of bats. He did wind up punching out six, but gives up four runs over the course of four innings. But the Woodford, Jake Woodford, two innings, gives up a run. Jesus Cabrera, two scoreless innings. And Ryan Elsley is able to give you a scoreless inning as the Cardinals. They go eight of 18 with men in scoring position. Nolan Arenado up to 17 RBI. So Small Ball is able to win the day for the St. Louis Cardinals. Small Ball was able to keep the Pirates competitive, but in the end, the Brewers get it done by a count of three to one. One in in this game for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So that's not necessarily great as don't Peters embrace Wilson. They did a good job as a tandem. Peters comes in as a two inning opener. Doesn't give up a run. Wilson from there. Four scoreless innings, giving up just one hit, but one William Crow winds up giving up two runs, one of which was earned. He winds up getting hurt by Yoshi Satsugo fielding error, and then he had Sam Howard and Chase Young wind up giving up a combined run in two innings of work and for the Milwaukee Brewers. How about Aaron Ashby and what he was able to do? He gives up just one run over the course of five and two-thirds innings out. He walked five in the process, but very good start hit there and a little bit more length than I was expecting. From there, Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, Josh Hader, they all give you a scoreless setting. Big note, though, Hader winds up using 26 pitches, so can't think that he's going to be coming back for the game on Thursday. And then you had Trevor Gott be able to give you a scoreless out of the bullpen, and he winds up getting the win out of it. The Chicago White Sox had lost, I believe it was seven straight games, and they were able to bust out of that slump. They wind up taking down the Kansas City Royals by a count of 7-3. Zach Granke, good news is, he winds up now having more strikeouts than starts. He wound up entering into this game with three starts and two strikeouts. He got four and six innings, but wound up giving up three runs in the process, including a home run to Mr. Jake Berger, his second home run of the season, and then Andrew Vaughn in the seventh inning. He would go deep off of Scott Barlow for his fourth home run of the season. Barlow gives up a run while getting just one out of the bullpen. You had Colin Sider get two outs. He wound up giving up two runs out of the bullpen, and Jake Brands, he gives up a run and an inning as for the Chicago White Sox. Dylan Cease gets a no decision. Gave up two runs over the course of six innings. Punch out nine. Looks out. Jose Ruiz winds up giving in out out of the bullpen, giving up a run in the process, but you did wind up having Kendall Graveman give you two scoreless innings to be able to get the save. Four punch outs in the process, and Bennett Sosa was able to give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen as well, and you did wind up having the Cincinnati Reds continue to be absolutely terrible. 8-5 to five the final. They wind up getting clocked by the Slam Diego Padres as Vladimir Gutierrez for his career in Cincinnati. That's a north of 6 ERA at home. Giving up 6 runs over the course of 4 innings including a bomb going deep for the San Diego Padres. You wind up having Jerickson Profark get his 5th home run season. Then Eric Hosmer a little bit later on would go deep off of Alexis Diaz. 2nd home run season for Diaz. Gives up a run in an inning. And for the bullpen they do give up 2 runs over the course of 5 innings. Not necessarily too bad. You did wind up having 2 scoreless innings out of Philip Deal 
steal a squirrel saying for Luis Sessa, and then Dottie Moretta winds up giving up a run in an inning, and for the Reds, one of 10 with men in scoring position, stranding 11 men on base. Good news is Tommy Pham and Brandon Drury both were able to get their third home run of the season for Drury that comes off of Denelson Lamette, it's so strange seeing him come out of the bullpen. He's being so badly misused. Gives up two runs in two-thirds of an inning. You did wind up having from there Taylor Rogers. You able to get a save. You got the final out to him. He's able to give you a scoreless inning. Other home run was given up by Stephen Wilson. He gives up one home run in his inning. Craig Salmon gives up a run in an inning, but Nick Mackenzie Gore. You did wind up giving up five hits in five innings, but 10 punch-outs looked very impressive with his stuff. And the Tampa Bay Rays, they had just enough stuff to be able to get it done against the Seattle Mariners. 3-2 to the final as the Mariners... Made it interesting. They wind up losing another one-run game. Very uncharacteristic of them as the Seattle Mariners, I believe that they're now 1-2 in their last three one-run games. And this is a team that since the beginning of the 2021 season, they are 36-21 and in one-run games. And they did this with Marco Gonzalez, the starter, going a third of an inning, giving up one run in the process. So... That was very, very strange to say the least. I believe that he wound up leaving due to an injury. And then you had Udo mess with the Yohan Ramirez after providing some length, giving up two runs over the course of three innings, including home run. Great deep for the Tampa Bay Rays. Kevin Kiermaier, second home run season. Guys from there did a solid job. You had Matthew Fessa give you one and two-thirds innings scoreless through second rider, a scoreless inning, and then Justice Sheffield, two scoreless innings. And with the Seattle Mariners, pair of solo home runs. You wound up having J.P. Crawford get his third home run season off of Colin Pooch and then Andrew Kittredge. Gives one up to Abraham Toro, second home run season for Kittrich. Gives up that solo run in his one and a third innings. And for Pooch, winds up giving up that solo run in his inning. Brooks Raley, though, is able to give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. And for Drew Rasmussen, very impressive start. Gives up two hits in six innings, nine punch outs, no runs allowed. So he continues to have a sub two ERA ever since the Tampa Bay Rays wound up making him a starter towards August of last year. And if you're taking a look at what we wound up getting in Major League Baseball on Wednesday, you did wind up seeing a lot of unders as depending upon your closing numbers, either five or six of the 15 games do wind up going over the total. So another rough day out there. And you take a look at what we've all been able to get this MLB season in general. And Spending under Palooza. 145 unders to 100 overs. That's 59.2% to the under. Underdogs, they've been able to do a good job of being able to cover the run line, not necessarily so much a money line. Favorites, 157 and 104 straight up. That is 60.2% on the money line. But with the favorites, they've won 157 games. They've wound up failing to cover the run line 37 times in those wins, though, where they are laying a run and a half. And just take a look at the last seven days in general. We're still seeing unders hitting at a 58.4% clip. 45 unders, 32 overs in the last seven days. So that tells us that the scoring, it still is not necessarily picked up, even with the bookmakers shading these totals down, down, down. So going to be intriguing to take a look at what we're all going to be able to get out of baseball moving forward. And that's part of what we're going to be asking our good friend Minty Betts. She does a great job over there at Yahoo Sportsbook. She does a great job holding it down over there at MSG. She just is a master of being able to take a look at all these sports. Baseball is one of our favorites, so coming up next, we're going to take a look at what we're all going to be getting on the baseball betting card for Thursday and what to make out of these unders. That's up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. 
And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the VEASAN family of podcasts. And it is great to have on this guest today. She does a terrific job over there at Yahoo Sportsbook. She's also doing some great work over there at MSG Networks as we've got Minty Betts on the podcast. So we don't have to go too far for this interview. I'm out here in lovely Las Vegas, and so is she. And to be able to follow Minty on Twitter, easy enough. Minty Betts all together, and it is great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course, Greg. Thanks for having me back on every single year. And I say this every time, too. I think you are the first podcast I've ever joined when I first uh, came into this gambling Twitter space. It's very nostalgic being back on your podcast. And it's always great having you aboard because every time you've come on, you've always delivered the goods. And let's first, before we wind up diving into any games for Thursday, talk about what we've all seen this season in the MLB because going into Wednesday, right around 60% of games had been going under the total. Now, I've been talking about this last few days on this podcast. We've got to expect a little bit of positive progression. And typically, you do expect a few more unders this time of year. But it just feels so strange what we've seen this year because strikeout numbers are up. Guys are just not able to put a good licking on the ball. And we're hearing all the rumors of perhaps the ball being deadened a little bit. How have you been playing totals to this point this season? Because I've very much been riding the over train, but I'm sort of keeping an eye open for the future because I do think that we are going to see a little bit of a reversal when it comes to these totals. Yeah, absolutely. So lately, I'm not one to bet unders, and I really don't like betting unders, but lately I found a lot of success betting first five unders. We've got a lot of strong starters, and of course, you know, when you bet unders, you want to bet on strong starters. Typically early this, like early on in the season, season, pitching has been ahead of hitting, like you said, so we've been seeing some great defense. We could attribute seeing a good amount of full game unders to shorten spring training. Uh, I've also heard hitters not getting that that time, that extra time to warm up has affected them. Also, the expanded rosters and bullpens could be a factor. There's no real one answer to the decrease of runs. However, I'm sure, like you said, we will start to see more offense in a short time, even though typically warmer weather helps the pitch speed. I have hope that we'll see some bats come to life here. Yeah, I agree with you. It certainly has been a case in which we just have not seen a lot of these marquee hitters be able to get going this season, which has been very strange. And it's also been very strange to see bullpen's really doing a solid job as well because I know that there are just so many people that they have sworn off bullpens in recent years and I take a look at what we've gotten here early on in the season and bullpen ERAs are more than a full half point lower than the average starter ERA. I think that that's something that's really interesting as well and something that I'm targeting is sort of that May 1st date when the rosters wind up going from 28 guys to 26 because with the truncated spring training you want to getting two extra spots and Let me tell you right now, most of the spots wound up being used up for bullpen guys. So I do take a look at that being a reason for good bullpen ERAs. And I think that this is something that's important to have on the radar as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it is actually pretty surprising. I didn't actually know that, that they are a half ERA lower than starting pitchers. So that's pretty crazy. I'm glad to see some actually good bullpens, though. Yep, and we have seen a couple implosions in recent days. Anyone that wanted to take the Boston Red Sox on Tuesday and anyone that took the Cardinals on Monday. Boy, those were not necessarily so great, but those have actually been very few and far between, which you do like to see because nobody wants to have their bet torpedoed in the ninth inning because closer McCloser winds up giving up three runs. I remember Fernando Rodney few years ago still haunts my dreams with how many bullpen saves he wound up having a few years ago as we do have Minty Betts joining me right here on the podcast and Minty 
when I take a look at the board for Thursday, we do have a couple of intriguing games. And this Tigers versus Twins game is one that is a fascination. You've got Derek Skubo and Bailey Ober who are going to be going on the mound. Two young guys, two guys with sub three ERAs that have had their ups and their downs in their career. I think it's very fair to say that both of these guys have given up their fair share of home runs, but it's also fair to say that both of these guys have looked relatively solid. You take a look at the board right now, and you are finding the Minnesota Twins opening up as a bit of a favorite in this one, right around about minus 140, minus 150-ish, depending upon where you look. I think that this is going to be an interesting series, and I know you've got a little bit of a thought on this game. Yeah, I do. Generally, the Tigers are, are batting at 216, but against righties, that batting average shoots up to 232 with an OPS of 645. Eh. History says that Bailey Ober has had an inconsistent past against Detroit, and it shows. This season, he's been all over the place, been very up and down. Gubal, on the other hand, not only does he have the upper hand as a left-handed pitcher, but he's not allowed a single earned run in his last two starts. So, simple enough, I kind of like the Tigers to defeat the Twins in this one for plus money here. As you said, the Twins open up as a small favorite. Yep, it's been really interesting and we do take a look at the twins as well i would argue that byron buxton might be the most important player to his respective team in all of baseball six home runs despite the fact that he wound up missing six games already this season it's been absolutely amazing to watch him and for the tigers but a team that's had a little bit of a banged up bullpen some of these pieces are getting healthier so i think that that's going to be important to watch as well something else that we've got to watch is can the worst team in the league wind up getting going and I didn't think we'd be mentioning this team as the worst in the league thus far, but that would be the Cincinnati Reds who mm. open up Wednesday, three and 14. They've got Tyler Molly on the mound. And this is something I've talked about quite a bit on the podcast. Tyler Molly on the road is actually significantly better than he is at home. But now you've got Nick Martinez who wanted pitching in Japan for quite a few years and absolutely tore it up in the Nippon baseball league last season. But as we know that Nippon baseball league, not quite what it is in the MLB right now, finding the Padres right around a minus 120. Very interesting here because you do have a guy in Martinez who hadn't pitched in the major leagues for quite a few years and a guy in Tyler Molly that you take a look at the numbers themselves are pretty solid, but at home, this guy has just not been very good either, and he's backed up by a red scene that it's been really rough for them this year, to say the least. Yeah, I think it's safe to say the Reds are a big fade this season. They've accumulated about 14 regular season losses just this month alone, and 12 of those have come by two or more runs. They lost a lot of offensive firepower this offseason. They've got only two guys on the roster batting over 250. They've got some of the fewest hits in the league and the second fewest runs and worst OPS. I, I mean, I'd say the only good thing for the Reds in this matchup would be pitching, but Tyler Malley has just had a rough start to the season. Like you mentioned earlier, I like the Padres on the run line uh, in this one and possibly a series sweep at Padres run line for me in this one. Yeah, I don't blame you there. Got a red team that has been really, really terrible. Right now, I'm seeing the money line right around minus 120, and that's about as cheap as you're going to find to be able to fade mm-hmm. these Cincinnati Reds, aside from when they wind up playing our good friends, the Pirates. So that is something that I certainly am in lockstep with you on there. And then I know that this is an interesting matchup as well. You brought this one to my attention just before we came on air, and Kyle Wright has been someone that I've been watching throughout the season, and he has looked tremendous. 27 strikeouts in his first three starts. Guy that I actually used to cover Vanderbilt Athletics. He used to pitch there in college. Was very good out there in the SEC. Took him a couple years to get going in the MLB. But boy, has he gotten going. And now the Braves have to go against Drew Smiley, who ironically enough was pitching for them last season. Cubs have been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to put back to ball. But with that said, so have the Atlanta Braves and the Braves. 
They are finding themselves as pretty significant favorites here, right around minus 170. Where do you wind up leaning on this one since it has been a little bit of a career resurgence here for Wright this season? Yeah, this one's going to be tough. Chicago starts lefty Drew Smiley, who was great so far, except his last outing against the Pirates, allowed four earned runs. Then on the other side, the Braves start Kyle Wright, who's been very reliable in all of his starts. Offensively, the Braves are phenomenal against lefties, batting at 250, OPS 754. Surprisingly, despite their below 500 record, the Cubs possess the best batting average in the league at 266 against righties. That number goes up to, uh, or against righties, I'm sorry, it goes up to 284. So I'm shook as they've lost six of their last seven. I don't really have a lean for the winner of this game. So I will actually have to take the over here, assuming it'll be set at maybe like eight and a half or so. So I think I'll go with the over as I think bats will come to life in this one. Yep. And right now I'm finding that total at eight and a half across the board over and under juice, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. So I certainly cannot blame you there. We've been seeing a little bit of a career resurgence for Kyle Wright, but the Cubs under the radar have been able to do a solid job with the bat end. I think that that's what's really been a little bit surprising this year as well as we do have Minty Betts joining me on the podcast. Some of these offenses that you'd expect to get going, for instance, the Houston Astros, and they've looked a little bit better here in their series against the Texas Rangers, a team like the Chicago White Sox, who once again on Wednesday they were able to get going, but prior to that they had not really been able to do an effective job. A lot of these teams that you would expect to mash, they certainly have not been. Meanwhile, the Cleveland Guardians, the Chicago Cubs, teams that you don't expect a lot from on offense, they've been able to do a good job as well. Have you been surprised a little bit by some of these offenses? And do you expect this to be something that might actually hold a little bit of water towards the middle to back part of the season? Or do you think that this is just a product of small sample size? Yeah, small sample size. I think it is surprising that some of these teams that we didn't really think that highly of are are performing so well, or their numbers at least, tell us that they're performing so well. But I don't think it'll hold throughout, you know, the summer and towards the last half of the season. I think it's kind of just, you know, kind of lucky of them so early on. Yep, I am right there with you. Minty, I'll throw out you one that I really like for Thursday as we've got the Cleveland Indians and the LA Angels. It's going to be Reed Detmers going for the Angels and Cal Quantrill for the Cleveland Guardians as I think I wound up calling them the Indians. And if so, <laughs> dollar in the toe for me. I'm going to make that mistake a lot this season. And I think a lot of people are making that mistake. It's a little bit of a strange changeover. But with that said, I'm just a little bit surprised here that the Guardians are finding themselves right around a plus 145. I'm not necessarily surprised that the Angels are our favorite, but I take a look at Reed Detmers, and I right now see a guy that just has been brought up to the major leagues a little bit too fast. He's a prospect that I think two to three years from now going to be rock solid, but I take a look at some of these guys. We've seen it with the Cincinnati Reds quite a bit. We've seen it with teams like the Washington Nationals. They send some of these guys up that they didn't even pitch at the AAA level, and these are the guys that I really like to fade. I'm not sure how you wind up taking a look at some of these younger pitchers like a Reed Detmers and guys that we've been seeing in recent days that have for the most part, been getting relatively shellacked aside from Joe Ryan. But these are some of the guys I like to fade. And part of that is going to be why I'm going to be on the Guardians on Thursday. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I'm not a big Reed Detmers fan here. And although he's a lefty and, and Cleveland hasn't really done well against lefties, barely squeaking by 200 batting average, I really like Quantrill in, the, in this spot here. So I'm going to have to go with you. I don't know about the full game, but I might look to the Guardians' first five here as I think that... uh pitching matchup will be 
strong for Cal, not so much for Reed. I mean, it's one of the situations which I would totally understand. The Angels being a little bit of a favorite here, them getting north of minus 150, that's a little bit too much respect for a guy in mm-hmm. Reed Detmers that has yet to be able to put it together at the major league level. And Minty, when you take a look at the board for Thursday, relatively full card considering it's a getaway day. We've got 13 games typically on Thursdays. You find more like 10, sometimes 11-ish games. Is there anything else that's really standing out to you, whether it be sides, totals, or just something that you're taking a look at with regards to a general trend? You know what? Not so much. I've been paying attention to a ton of trends lately uh, with MLB as I'm still kind of working off the tail end of the NHL season. But like you said, unders have been hitting, but I think we're going to see a lot of overs here pretty soon, pretty soon. Oh, I'm right there with you. I do think that especially when we wind up getting the rosters back down to 26, like I was mentioning mm-hmm. a little bit earlier, that's going to be a good spot for some overs. And what is always a good spot for this podcast is getting you on, Minty, because you do an absolutely excellent job. I know that you're over there at Yahoo Sports holding it down, doing great work day in and day out, posting up a bunch of videos. You do some great work over there at MSG as well. You mentioned it. You do a great job taking a look at the NHL as well as the MLB this year. And hey, we're both out here in lovely Las Vegas, NFL draft that gets going on Thursday. Ooh. So I know you guys are going to be very busy with that and just a great time of year when it comes to these sports calendars. So let the good people at home know what's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, absolutely. Follow me on Twitter at Minty Betts and don't forget to follow Yahoo Sportsbook on Twitter and TikTok, please, at Yahoo Sportsbook. Tons of fun content. Some contests too if you want to win some free t-shirts every now and then. And if you're looking for some good TikTok videos that always give me a little bit of a chuckle, Minty puts out some really good ones <laughs> as well. So glad that she wanted mentioning that and Minty won the best in the business. She covers a little bit of everything. Does an absolutely terrific job. It is a busy time of the sports calendar and it's good that we wind up having five tool players like minty joining this podcast because she covers a little bit of everything and does so also well so big thanks to minty Betts for joining me right here on the baseball betting show now a part of vc family podcast and coming up next it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis and every game on the betting board for this mlb thursday as we touch them all at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. We're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get Minty Bets on. She does absolutely amazing work over there at Yahoo Sportsbook. MSG Networks covers a little bit of everything. She's going to be taking a look at the NFL draft that we've got starting tonight. She does a great job with the NHL. She does a great job with the MLB. She does a great job with the NFL. I mean, the list goes on and on. She does it all. So it is always great to get her on this podcast. A big thanks there. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at June at underscore 81, and we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we go with the National League games first, then the American League games. Any interleague games would be at the bottom, but it does not appear as though we have any of those. So let's get started with this first National League game of 901-902 on the betting board. The Slam Diego Padres at their advance up against the Cincinnati Reds. 
We are into Cincinnati, who's on to Tyler Molly getting the start for them, and Nick Martinez is going to be going for the pods. Padres find themselves anywhere between a minus 110 and a minus 120. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the red legs, you're going to be finding them anywhere between even money and plus 105. Your total on this game is 8.5. Over is anywhere between minus 115 and even money. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 120, and I'm going to lay up to a minus 132 here with the Padres. I know that Minty is going to be on the run line, and I cannot blame her there, because this has been a red team that has been rolled will be brutal. And if you're looking at that run line, find it in a lot of places at right around a plus 145. I feel a little bit better with the money line in this spot. I would be willing to take the Padres at that sort of a number, so I see a little bit of an advantage on the money line and the run line, but with how cheap the money line is, you don't get oftentimes this good of an opportunity to fade the Reds. I think I'm going to play it safe here, but you do take a look at this Padres lineup, and Drixon Profar has really been able to do a solid job of being able to match the bombs. Four home runs, only getting a 222 going into Wednesday, but at a 340 on Bisa, and we've seen that with the Padres. They're hitting at 228 as a whole going into Wednesday, but 320 on base, they've been able to get on somehow, some way. Manny Machado hitting nearly at 350, and Eric Osmer. He's only got one home run this year, but he has really been able to do a great job. Hitting right around a 375 for this team. You do need guys like a Trent Grisham, Luke Voigt, Awesome Kim to be able to pick it up, and CJ Abrams dealing with an injury has been a little bit tough, but you know what else is tough? The Reds not having anyone in the outfield whatsoever that's able to hit. Jake Fraley has been a hot mess for this team. Tommy Pham, Adi Cide, Sakino, all these guys have just not been good. It's gotten to the point where they wound up signing Matt Reynolds at 31 years old to play a little bit of shortstop for this team. You've got Kyle Farmer, who's out there. He's been able to do an okay job of reaching base, but take a look at the starting lineup for the Reds. They did not have anyone in there that entered the night hitting above a 242, and that would be Jonathan India, who wound up just coming off of a little bit of an injury himself. Joey Votto has not been able to get things going, and for the Reds, it's not like the bullpen has not necessarily been too great. You've had Tony Santian not necessarily do a great job for the team. Dottie Moretta has been having his trials and tribulations as well. Lucas Sims is back, but take a look at the Padres. They've got an advantage out there in the bullpen. You do have someone like Tim L, who sometimes can be a little bit intermiss for you, but typically it's solid Craig Sam and Taylor Rogers. I like these guys, and when it does come to Nick Martinez, wound up spending a lot of time out there in the Nippon Baseball League. Did a good job of being able to limit home runs, but the 10 walks and 14 and two-thirds innings is an issue. That's what he wound up having with regards to an issue his first time around in the big leagues, and I mentioned it with Tyler Molly with our good friend Minty. The fact that this guy is just so much better on the road than he is at home. You take a look back to 2021. 230 road ERA with an 8-2 record. 563 home ERA. Giving up 19 home runs and 78 and a third innings at home. Five bombs and over 100 innings on the road. This guy just cannot pitch in Cincinnati. I'm on the layup to a minus 132 here with the Padres money line. Don't want to be necessarily taking too much of a shot on the run line because I do think that might be a little bit of a lower scoring game. Semi total at 8.3. So looking under and looking Padres on the money line. 903-904 on the betting board. The Milwaukee Brewers hit the road to face off against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Jose Quintana is going to be going for the Buccos and Freddie Peralta is going to be on the bump for Milwaukee. Milwaukee is finding themselves a favorite in between minus 165 and minus 171 with the Buccos. You're walking the plank to between plus 145 and plus 155. 7.5 is your total. The over and the under are anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. I did wind up saying this total at a 7.8. The Brewers have been able to awaken a little bit with the bats. You saw Willie Adamas on Tuesday be able to hit a pair of home runs. You've been able to get a little bit out of Roddy Telles. He's been able to give you three home runs, but you do take a look at this Brewers team as a collective entering Wednesday, hitting a 2-11, not necessarily drawing a lot of walks. Christian Yelich is hitting a buck 80. Colton Wong in that same 
sort of span as well. Jace Peterson, Lorenzo Cain at the bottom lineup. These guys have been a hot mess. I mean, the team's leader in batting average right now is Kesson here at 25 at-bats. 240 batting average. That is not great. And for the Pirates, you can say what you want about this team, but the bullpen has actually created all eight of the wins for the team going into Wednesday. They have been lights out. David Benara has been able to give you some good innings. Anthony Banda, Chris Strang. These guys have come in and held down the Ford end. This is a team that does honestly have a lot of power with the Pittsburgh Pirates. 11 home runs going into their game on Wednesday, but Daniel Vogelbeck, why he's hitting leadoff, I have no idea, but three home runs, hitting a 320, he's been solid. Cabrian Ace, he's hitting a 364. Even Kevin Newman, who's been making some errors out there in the field, he's been able to hit 250. You've gotten a 260 out of Diego Casio. Brian Reynolds, last year at a 300, he's been off to a little bit of a rough start, but whenever you have had Michael Chavis out there, he's been able to do a solid job as well for the Brewers. Obviously, you've got Devin Williams and Josh Hader out there in the bullpen, and I do like Brad Boxberger, Jake Cousins, guys like that. Brewers who have a very solid bullpen, but that said, Freddie Peralta, ever since he wound up getting injured last season, since coming back, he's had north of a 4 ERA, did look a little bit better in his start against the Phillies, giving up one run over the course of five innings, but I've got some concerns there, and with Jose Quintana, he had a cataclysmically bad year last year with the Angels, but take a look at his start so far this year, three runs are fewer given up in all three of them, 14 innings, has given up six runs, now walks are a little bit of an issue, he's given up right around five walks per nine innings, but he's going to be able to be rescued by a bullpen that's been solid, Will Kroll is able to give you some good innings as well in long relief with the Brewers. I do think that they should be a favorite. Could only make them a minus 147 favorite. So anything north of a plus 150 was willing to take a shot here with the Buccos. So we are going to be taking that north of plus 150 shot with Pittsburgh to go along with this total over. 9-5, to 9-6 on the betting board. The Colorado Rockies at the red phase off against the Philadelphia Phillies. Zach Whelan and Dylan Wheeler is going to be going for the Phillies. And Austin Gomber is going to be on the bump for Colorado. Currently no numbers up on this game, but with that said, Mr. Greg Peterson has a handicap for this game. I want to make him the Rockies plus 166, minus 166 on the Phillies. If you're looking at a Phillies run line, I would need at least a plus 115 to be able to take a shot there and set my total at a 7.8. So a 7.5 or less looking over 8 or higher to the under. We were seeing Antonio Sensatello a little bit earlier. So it seems like we've had a little bit of a flipper rooney here with the Rockies, but you do take a look at what you're able to get out of Austin Gombrand. He was a little bit of a different pitcher home to road last season at home. He was posting up right around a 2-ish ERA out there at course. That's just absolutely insane. 6.22 road ERA. Now you take a look at 2022 and this guy home and road has been relatively solid. He's made a couple starts for this bunch has been able to do a nice job of be able to lessen the walks a little bit, which was an issue for him towards the beginning of the season. 15 innings has given up six walks, one home run, so it's done a nice job being able to hold down the 4 420 year right? Nothing great, nothing terrible. He's backed up by a Rockies bullpen that last year was in the bottom six in terms of bullpen ERA and has been a little bit better this year. Daniel Bart still has some home and road splits, but he had five saves entering into the game on Wednesday. You've been able to have Alex Colome, who's still not that great. Be a little bit of an upgrade over some of the guys from last year. Tyler Kinley has come in. He's been able to down the fourth for the Phillies. Still one of the worst bullpens out there in the big leagues in terms of ERA. Now, I do think that there is some upward momentum with them. They bring in Brad Ann. They do wind up bringing in Corey Knable. So, they did wind up having a couple offseason acquisitions. And as we know, this Philadelphia Phillies team got a lot of guys that are able to mash. You've got guy in Kyle Schwarber who's hitting below the Mendoza line of 200, but four home runs this season to Cassianos. He's hitting above a 300. Whenever Odubo Herrera, Alec Bohm, and Didi Gregorius have been out there, all these guys are hitting above a 300. Yohan Camargo has been able to give you some good at-bats. He's been in for Gene Segura, who's been a little bit banged up. Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins have been a little bit up and down, but they're still reaching base. And for the Colorado Rockies, once again, you do have some pretty demonstrative home and road splits. You always expect that with Colorado. You take a look at the way that they have been hitting on the road this season, and this is entering into Wednesday. They were hitting as a collective 226, so a 
far off from what they've been able to do at Coors, but do have Connor Joe and Charlie Blackman, both with three home runs on the road this season. That is something that you'd like to see. Jose Iglesias, Randall Gritchick getting above a three-iron away from home as well. Gritchick has been a good offseason acquisition. You've been able to get some good contributions out of Chris Bryant, who has been a little bit in and out of the fold, so I did wind up making this a plus 166 in this spot, and probably would have made it a little bit more if it wasn't for the fact that Zach Wheeler wound up getting off to a little bit of a slow start in spring training. Hasn't looked like himself first few starts. Has given up a combined 11 runs in his last eight innings against the Brewers and the Miami Marlins. So I do think that now that he's gotten a couple starts under his belt, he's going to look more like the Zach Wheeler of old who wound up giving up right around .6 home runs per nine innings. And last season was very dominant at home for Wheeler. 238 ERA, 12 home runs given up in 124 and two-thirds innings. Struck out more than 10 guys per nine innings. So I do think that he's going to rein it in a little bit more for that. I wound up setting my total at a 7.8, so 7.5 for less looking over, 8 or higher to the under end. Wanted to lay up to a minus 166 on the money line with Phillies. Like I said, at a plus 115 or more, would be willing to look at a Phillies run line as well. 907-908 on the bang board. The Miami Marlins at the road to face off against the Washington Nationals. Patrick Corbin is going to be going for the Nets, and Trevor Rogers is going to be on the bump for Miami. Only Circuit currently has a number up on this game. The Fishies are minus 154, plus 140 on the Washington Nationals. 8.5 is your total over and under. Are both at minus 110. Patrick Corbin has been a very solid fade, but the good news for him, he's, he's going up against a Miami Marlins team that they're in the bottom 10 with regards to just their overall lineup being able to produce runs. You take a look at the Miami Marlins going into their game on Wednesday, and you do have a couple guys getting on base for you. Garrett Cooper, Asus Sanchez, Jazz Chislam, only between a 285 and a 295. Joey Wendell has been able to do a solid job as well to the credit of of Sanchez and Chislam. He combined seven home runs between the two of them, but Aces Aguiar sitting right around the Mendoza line of 200 for RBI this season. He's way down. Ode Soler just one home run, hitting a buck 90. Miguel Ross, Jacob Sellings at the bottom lineup. They've been rough, and for the Washington Nationals, I do think that Nelson Cruz is going to be a bust out of this funk, hitting below the Mendoza line of 200, but Keybetter Ruiz has been hitting just below a 300. Yadiel Hernandez has been able to get on base. Josh Bell sitting at 345. Juan Soto north of a 400 on base. He's got a trio of home runs for the Washington Nationals. It has been a sad state of affairs for the bullpen, but you are able to get a little bit of length out of Austin both if needed. Rasmo Ramirez is able to provide that as well. Sam Clay has actually been okay out of the bullpen as well. And then you do take a look at the Miami Marlins. You've got the Anthony, Anthony Bender, Anthony Bath, both of these guys. are rock solid. Tanner Scott, Cole Solzer come over from the offseason from the Orioles, but also do take a look at Trevor Rogers. He's gotten off to a rough start to this year as well. Well, Patrick Corbin has been a hot mess to say the least. His ERA is approaching 9 and he has just been getting tattooed really since the beginning of last season. For Trevor Rogers, Rodgers, he did wind up looking solid in his last start, giving up one run in five innings against the Atlanta Braves, but 11 and two-thirds innings this year. 11 runs given up, seven walks in those 11 and two-thirds innings, and that's always been a little bit of an issue for Trevor Rodgers. That sometimes doesn't allow him to go a little bit deeper into games, so I do think that that is going to be an issue. Now, I do think that the Miami Marlins should be a favorite. At this point, Patrick Corbin has become relatively unreliable, giving up right around a home run and after nine innings. His walks have increased, and he's actually ticked up his velocity in recent years, and it hasn't done it any good, but was willing to take the Nationals at anything more than a plus 137, so I'm going to be taking a look at that, too. I'm saying my total at an 8.7 as well, so I'm looking over and I'm looking Nationals at the current number. 909-910 on the betting board. You've got the Chicago Cubs hitting the road face-off against the Atlanta Braves. Kyle Wright hopes to be Mr. Wright for the Bravos, and Drew Smiley is going to be going for the Cubbies. Cubbies are finding themselves anywhere between plus 155 and plus 162. Meanwhile, with Atlanta, you're going to be finding them between minus 172 and minus 185. 8.5 is your total over and under anywhere between minus 105 and 
minus 115. And with the Cubbies, I did wind up saying them at plus 171. So with regards to this price, we need to get up a little bit higher. And if you're taking a look at that Atlanta Braves run line, right now I am finding it right around a plus 110. I was willing to take it as long as I was getting north of a plus 105. So at current numbers, I would be taking a look at the run line of the Atlanta Braves because I do think that this is going to be a little bit of higher scoring game to the point of Minty Betts. She was pointing out that the Atlanta Braves have been mashing in. I am in total agreement with her because you take a look at Mr. Ozzy, 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 Albies, Albies, Albies. Six home runs entering into Wednesday. He has been doing a tremendous job. Matt Olson. 438 on base. He's got a lot of pop in the bat. And speaking of pop in the bat, you've been able to get four home runs out of both Marcel Ozuna and Austin Riley. Both of these guys have been bidding right around 275 to begin the season. Now, Dansby Swanson has been a little bit rough this year. Eddie Rosario, he's been dealing with a little bit of an eye injury, so that's been a bit of an issue. But you do take a look at the Chicago Cubs, and they themselves have C.A. Suzuki, who's really been able to come on four home runs. He's been able to do a great job of getting on base, 463 on base, entering into the game on Wednesday. Wilson Contreras, 350 on base. He's got a pair of home runs. Frank Schwindel, a pair of bombs. He's hitting right around 245 ENF, hitting above a 300 along with Nico Horner. So you've actually had both of these teams do a very solid job with the bat. And with the Cubs, the big trepidation that you do have with this team is the bullpen. They do pick up Sean Newcomb, Chris Martin from the Atlanta Braves, but you have to rely upon guys like David Robertson, Michael Rucker. Michael Gibbons is actually someone that I like, but Scotty Frost, not so much. And for the Braves, Will Smith does wind up getting jiggy with it. For all the poop that Kenley Jansen takes, he's actually not too bad out there in the bullpen. They've got Jesse Chavez back, Tyler Manzik, A.J. Minter. These guys are able to be solid. And for Kyle Wright, he's really turned over a new leaf this season. He's made three starts, given up two runs in them. He's got 26 punch-outs in 17 innings. Now, I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression with that, but with Drew Smiley, he wound up giving up right around 1.8 home runs per nine innings. You take a look at what he wound up doing in the city of Atlanta last season. And in Atlanta, 427 ERA. He had a 4-1 record, but gave up 10 bombs in 46 and a third innings. So this is someone that clearly is willing to give up the deep ball. He is going to have a little bit of familiarity with the batters, but the hitters, they've got familiarity with him as well, so I do think that that causes for a little bit of an interesting chess match. I did wind up setting my total at a 9.2, so I'm with Minty. I'm looking at the over and at current numbers. I set the Braves' money line at a minus 171. We've gotten up a little bit too high for that. I'm not seeing a lot of value with the Cubs' run line, so I'm going to lay the run in half, get a little bit of press place there with the Atlanta Braves, and take that run line, try to be able to get a little bit of reduction of juice on that Atlanta Braves play. So, looking at the Braves run line and looking over. 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board. The Arizona Diamondbacks hit the road face off against the St. Louis Cardinals. Dakota Hudson is going to be going for the cards and Umberto Castellanos is going to be going for Arizona. You've got yourself an Arizona Diamondbacks team that's finding themselves an underdog. Any more team. Plus 145 and plus 155 and if you're looking at the Cardinals, you're going to be getting them in between minus 165 and minus 170. Seven and a half is your total over and under, both at minus 105 to minus 115. I said the Cardinals had a minus 192. Now, I bet the Arizona Diamondbacks the last few days, and they won two games by scoring more runs than they wound up having hits in both of those games. I don't think that this is a trend that is going to continue when you wind up getting three runs on two hits. That's just very, very atypical to say the least. And you take a look at this Arizona Diamondbacks team entering into their game on Wednesday against the LA Dodgers hitting a buck 82 as a collective and they got two hits yesterday. So they didn't wind up climbing that. You've had Christian Walker be able to put bat to ball. He and Dalton Varsho both have four home runs this year. Both of these guys, a sub 300 on base. Both of these guys hitting below the mid-nose line 
of a 200. I mean, Seth Beer is right now the only guy that's really hitting above a 265 for the team. Pavin Smith, he's hitting a 260, and pretty much everyone not named David Peralta after that is sitting below a 200. So it's not necessarily so great there. You do take a look at the St. Louis Cardinals, and they put on a hit display of their own against the New York Metropolitans. You've got Nolan Arenado, who's been able to do a terrific job going deep four times this season. He's got 17 RBI. Paul Goldschmidt, after a rough start to the year, he's been able to pick it up. He's now hitting a 270. Tommy Edmond, he had three hits yesterday. He's got three home runs overall. He's hitting above a 300. Even someone like a Austin Kinsner. He's been able to do a good job getting on base. Mr. Andrew Kinsner, right? Called him Austin the first time around. He's been solid for the team. Albert Pools has been able to do a good job in some pinch hitting and some DHing rules as well. And for the Cardinals, they did wind up having a collapse a few days ago against the Mets with regards to their bullpen, but Giovanni Gagos, Genesis Cabrera, I still have a lot of faith in these guys. It's still been one of the best bullpens out there in the big leagues. Nick Wickren has been a nice story coming over from Cleveland. He's looked rock solid. And then you take a look at the Arizona Diamondbacks, and they did wind up using more of their trustworthy guys yesterday. Ian Kennedy wound up getting used up. You have had to use up Joe Madad Tipley in recent days as well. Mark Melanson was able to close it up. So some of these guys, they did wind up getting used up, and that is going to be a little bit of an issue moving forward. I do take a look at Dakota Hudson, one of the best ground ball pitchers in the big leagues. They wind up missing pretty much all the 2021 season, but is prone to giving up a little bit of our contact. With that said, I do think that he's going to do a solid job against an Arizona Diamondbacks team that they're not doing a great job of being able to put back to ball. Bush Stadium, a little bit more pitcher-friendly. It is still April out there in the Midwest, so I do think that that plays to his advantage as well. Did wind up saying my total at 7.7 because with Humberto Castellanos, he has actually been able to do a solid job for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I just don't know if he's necessarily going to go more than four innings. You take a look at him, and he has gotten a pair of starts for the team, giving up combined two runs in nine innings and two starts against the New York Mets. And for his career, Humberto Castellanos, more than three walks per nine innings, not much of a swing and miss, guys. So I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression there. So here at the 7.5, I'm going to be willing to take it over. And when you're taking a look at the run line, by the way, of the St. Louis Cardinals, find that anywhere between a plus 115 and a plus 125. I was willing to lay a very small number on the Cardinals. I'm going to reduce the juice personally. Take a look at the Cardinals run line, laying a run and a half, and I'm going to be going with this total over. 9.13, 9.14 on the main board. The Baltimore Orioles. The third faceoff gets the New York Yankees. Jimmy Sadion is going to be going for the Yankees. And Bruce Zimmerman with two ends on Zimmerman is going to be going for the Royals. Your total on this game is 8. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 105. With the Orioles finding them anywhere between plus 185 and seeing size plus 205. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Yankees, you're going to be getting them anywhere between minus 220 and minus 235. At anything north of $2, I'm willing to take a shot here on the Baltimore Orioles. So I'm going to be willing to take a shot here. And I do think that this is a price that is probably going to be going down just a touch as we continue on throughout the night. So this is going to be a play on the Baltimore Orioles. I do take a look at Bruce Zimmerman. And he actually did a better job of giving up fewer home runs on the road than he did at home last season. You may recall that. Baltimore was very much a band box ballpark last season. They had to change the dimensions because guys were just giving up so many bombs. But you take a look at that 2021 campaign for Bruce Zimmerman, and he did wind up giving up just five home runs at 29 and two-thirds innings on the road. He did wind up having a little bit of a rough go out there, but still, buck 20 ERA this season, three starts, 15 innings, has walked just five, struck out 16. He has looked rock solid, and for James Tentayon, it's not been bad for him, 14 and two-thirds innings, 307 ERA. He wound up having an ERA that was nearly two points lower at home than it was on the road. And for the New York Yankees, this is a lineup that is certainly starting to get going. 
going into the game that we wound up seeing on Wednesday. Anthony Rizzo leading the league in home runs with eight. As a matter of fact, that's as many home runs as the Orioles wound up having going into the game on Wednesday. Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Sen, both of these guys have been a little bit up and down this year, but you've got Judge hitting at 275. He's got four home runs. Josh Donaldson, DJ LeMayu, both have a pair of bombs for Donaldson. It's been a little bit of struggle up there at the plate, but LeMayu, he's hitting at 340, and you just have to have a feeling that guys like Cedric Mullins are going to be able to bust out a little bit more for the Baltimore Orioles entering into their game on Wednesday. As I mentioned, eight home runs for this team. Mullins, Mountcastle, both of these guys had 25 plus home runs last season. Both of those guys running at 235 or lower, entering into the game on Wednesday along. Trey Boombo Mancini who had just one home run himself. You've had Jorge Mateo be able to do an okay job of be able to reach base along to Austin Say's kid, but Rudan Odor, Robinson Torinos, Calvin Gutierrez, Anthony Benboom, these guys have not necessarily been so great, but Orioles' bullpen has been a little bit better this year. I expect a little bit of regression with guys like Travis Lincolns, Joy Krebo. You're able to throw in there Alexander Wells and Long Relief. And with the New York Yankees, Jonathan Weisga, for some reason, has a little bit of a tough time pitching against the Baltimore Orioles. Not sure how or why, but he does. Miguel Castro has been relatively solid ever since his walks against the Blue Jays, Roldis. Chapman, Spavel Rain it in, Wandy Peralta has looked relatively solid, but with Bruce Zimmerman, I do think that he gives Baltimore a little bit of a shot in this game. I do think that it should be a little bit of a lower total in Yankee Stadium. Taking an 8-under is really tough, though, especially when you wind up having this during the daytime and not the nighttime. Do wind up saying the total at any point for as a result. I think we went a little bit too low here. Looking over, and an earth of plus $2, I'm willing to take a shot here on the Baltimore Orioles, so look at Orioles, and I'm going to be looking at the over. 9-15, 9-16 on the main board. The Seattle Mariners are going to be and the red faceoff gets the Tampa Bay Rays. Jeffrey Springs is going to be the opener for the Rays in what figures to be a bullpen game for them. Meanwhile, Chris Flexen is going to be going for the Mariners. Mariners are finding themselves anywhere between even money and plus 124 with regards to their price. So we're seeing a lot of fluctuation there. And for the Rays, anywhere between minus 120 and minus 136 is your price. You've got a total of 7.5 over is minus 115 and the under is minus 105. And with the 8, under is minus 115 and the over is minus 105. And this is the spot in which I did wind up saying the Rays at a minus 144, so I'm going to be willing to lay it. I recognize that it's been a little bit rough for the race in recent weeks, but you still have a relatively reliable bullpen for this team, and if you need to, someone like Jalen Beeks is able to come in for multiple innings. You still have J.P. Fireisen who's able to do a solid job for the team, and got a lot of guys that are able to put bat to ball. You've had Wander Franco get off to a really nice start this season, going into Wednesday, hitting a 3.38, four home runs. Brandon Lau has been able to give you a tree of home runs. It's been a little bit rough with the batting average. He, Randy Oroz Arena, both hitting right around a 2.15. Mike Zanino has just been terrible for the team. Zero home runs, hitting below 100 going into Wednesday, but G-Man Choi with a 4.91 on base has been terrific, man. Marco hitting a 290 has been solid and for the Seattle Mariners this is really a solid team that they are ascending in my opinion in the American League now they do have a great bullpen as a result of all their one run wins Drew second rider has been able to do a great job for this team they've been dealing with an injury to Paul Sewell but Diego Castillo the former Tampa Bay Ray sometimes makes you a little bit nervous with the way that he closes out games but this is a guy that is able to give you some relatively solid innings even someone like a Mr. Munoz has been able to do a solid job for Seattle you take a look at what they wanted getting in the offseason and Adam Frazier has been able to do a solid job of getting on base. And Eugenio Suarez has been giving you north of a 350 on base. He's got good power. Mitch Anniger has been dealing with an injury, but you got J.P. Crawford hitting a 350 for this bunch. Ty France, he wound up entering into what we wound up seeing on Wednesday with five home runs, 21 RBI, which was tied for first in the league. So he has been absolutely amazing for this team. And you do take a look at the Seattle Mariners as well. Bullpen really is going to be taxed because Marco Gonzalez wound up getting one out before he wound up getting pulled from his start. So... 
and it is something that winds up playing a little bit of a role in this as well. So I do take a look at this spot. I did wind up setting the race as a minus 144 favorite, so I'm going to be willing to take them on the money line with Chris Flexen. He did wind up having some interesting home and road splits, was able to do a little bit better on the road towards the back half of last season, but certainly someone that he's always a little bit more comfortable at home because he is a little bit more of a fly ball pitcher during the 2021 season at overall 361 ERA, 4-6 ERA on the road, giving up 12 home runs in 82 innings with opponents sitting at 281. So he's doing for a little bit of regression from last season. As a result, semi-total at an 8.2. Taking a look at this, willing to lay it with the race, and I'm going to be taking a look at it over. 917-918 on the bang board. The Detroit Tigres at the road face off against the Minnesota Twins. Bailey Ober is going to be going for the Twinkies, and Derek Skubel is going to be going for the Tigres. Tigres are friend themselves with a relatively decent plus price here, anywhere between plus 130 and plus 135. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Minnesota, you're going to be finding them and between minus 142 and minus 155. Seven is your total over anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The under anywhere between even and minus 110. And I did wind up setting the Twins at a minus 142. So, the minus 142 that we're seeing right now, it is a max I'm willing to lay, but I'm willing to lay with this has come down from the opener of minus 160. Minus 160, then it would be a little bit more of a roll of the dice there. And if you're taking a look at the run line, by the way, with the Minnesota Twins, you're finding that right around a plus 140 to a plus 150. I do mind saying mine at a plus 135. So in some more former fashion, going to be taking a look at the Twins. If this money line continues to come down, I will be willing to lay with the Twins. Like I said, minus 142 is my max. And I do take a look at Bailey O'Brien. He's been able to have a relatively solid year for this team. Someone who in three starts has been able to give you 16 innings, giving up just two home runs. Did wind up giving up right around 1.0 home runs per nine innings last season. But walks have always been good. Two walks per nine last season, three walks given up in three starts this season. And for Tariq Skubal, last year wanted giving up two home runs per nine innings. This year has yet to give up a home run. He is a little bit better with regards to swinging and stuff this season. 16 punch outs in 15 and two-thirds innings. Two guys are really able to ascend. And with the Twins, you do have a little bit of a bullpen issue with this team. Caleb Theobarb is not necessarily too reliable. Joe Smith is okay, but Emilio Pagan, Ty Duffy, these guys not necessarily had great seasons. And for the Detroit Tigers, they've been dealing with an injury to Michael Funkhauser. That has been a little bit tough for them. They have been able to get some reliable innings out of guys like Will Vest, Gregory Soto. The fielding has been far from great, but you do now have Javi Bias back in the fold for this team. Someone who, in the month of September last year, wound up having one of the best batting averages in the league. He's been able to carry that into this season, going into Wednesday, was hitting above a 300, along with Robbie Grossman, Austin Meadows. All these guys hitting above a 300 now. Bottom the lineup, Jamie Candelario, Jonathan Scope, Eric Haas, Akil Badu, all were hitting below a buck 65, entering into what we wound up seeing on Wednesday, but I think the most impactful player in this game, Byron Buxton, despite missing six games this season, six home runs entering into Wednesday, hitting above a 300, Luis Arias, he's able to hit above a 300, along Gio Urshela, Max Kepler, has been picking it up with the averages, while Carlos Correa, or a Palunco, Ryan Jeffers. These guys have had slow starts of the year. I think that they're going to be able to pick it up just a little bit. I do take a look at the firepower of the Minnesota Twins. Bailey Ober is playing out there in Minnesota in April. A little bit more of a fly ball pitcher that's going to be working to his advantage. And for that matter, Scoobles as well. But I do think both of these teams are going to be able to create some solid t- contact with the Tigers. Spencer Turkelson has been striking out a little bit too much for my liking. The Twins have been able to find a way to be able to get some of these guys on base. So when you do wind up getting that big shot, it could turn into a two to three run home run. And I do think that that is going to be very very impactful in this game and with the Tigers dealing with a couple guys on the injured list from that bullpen makes it a little bit tougher for them. Willing to lay up to a minus 142 on the money line with the Twins. Willing to take north of a plus 135 on the run line as well. So in some form or fashion looking at the Twins in this spot, just a question of money line or run line. We're going to be determining that in the AM 
semi-total at an 8.3 as well. So looking over 919-920 on the betting board, the Houston Astros hit the road face-off against the Walker Texas Rangers. Martin Perez is going to be going for the Rangers, and Justin Verlander is going to be on the bump for Houston. Houston is finding themselves in between minus 162 and minus 170. Meanwhile, with Texas, you're going to be finding them in between plus 145 and plus 157. Eight is your total. Over is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even money and minus 115. And with Verlander, I do think that he's going to come out. He's going to be dominant once again. He has really been able to show his force and set him as a minus 183 favorite in this spot with regards to money line. If you're looking run line right now, you're finding that at most places, even money to minus 105 on the Astros. And I want to send the run line more at a minus 125. I'm going to reduce the juice and I am going to be going with the run line in this spot. And if you take a look at the Astros, and they've been resurgent these last few days against the Texas Rangers, a Rangers team that came into this series with the worst bullpen ERA in the American League. Now, you still have a couple struggling bats, Jose Altuve is obviously on the injured list, but you take a look at Jeremy Pena. He's been able to do a solid job reaching base, entered into Wednesday with three home runs. Alex Bregman has been able to hit a trio of bombs. He's got a 375 on base. Been tough for Kyle Tucker, Jordan Alvarez, these guys hitting at a 200 or worse going into the game that we wound up seeing on Wednesday, but you know that these guys are going to be able to turn around. It's still a team that's not striking out very much. Just has been a case in which the contact that they've been making has not been finding the holes like you'd like it to. And then for the Texas Rangers, had a case in which Marcus Simeon has been awful for the team. He, Mitch Carver, Adelise Garcia, all hitting a 200 or lower. So it's been a little bit rough for them. You know that they're going to pick it up just a tad. But take a look at what they wanted throwing out there. The Texas Rangers hit on Wednesday. Two guys hitting above a 243 with regards to batting average. And that would be Nate Lowe and Jonah Heim. So that's interesting. You do have a Astros bullpen that I'm going to call it what it is. With Ryan Presley out the fold, it's not necessarily that great. Ryan Sanek, Blake Taylor, both of these guys are able to do an okay job. And now that you've removed Christian Javier from the bullpen into the starting rotation, that winds up having a weapon less out there as well. Meanwhile, with the Rangers, Spencer Patton dealing with an injury, that means that a bad bullpen now gets even worse, but I do take a look at Justin Verlander. Should be very dominant in this spot. Did not wind up pitching at all last season, but has come back three starts, 19 innings. Has given up a trio of home runs. That's always been a little bit of a bugaboo with him, but I've noticed that the ballpark in the new globe life really doesn't fly very well, and for Martin Perez, he has made three starts this season, giving up seven runs, six of which were earned, and been a case in which he's been a little bit lucky with the balls in play that have not wanted finding goals, and I do think that that is going to regress a little bit. I did wind up saying my, as my total as a result at an 8.7, so I'm going to be looking at the over, and I'm looking at the Astros front line to be able to reduce the juice. 921-922 on the betting board. The Chicago White Sox going to be playing us to the Kansas City Royals. Michael Gobeck is going to be going for the Sox, and Brad Thunderkeller is going to be on the bump for the Royals. Royals are finding themselves as pretty significant underdogs. You're going to be finding them anywhere between a a plus 150 and a plus 160. Meanwhile, if you're looking at these socks, Going to be finding them anywhere between minus 160 and minus 187 is your total. Under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 125. The over is anywhere between plus 105 and minus 110. When you take a look at the Royals, certainly has been a little bit of a rough year for them because you're really relying upon this team to be able to get on base, and they haven't been able to do so. Whit Merrifield, Bobby Witt Jr., these guys are hitting below the Mendoza line of a 200. Now, Nicky Lopez has actually been able to do a relatively solid job for them, but has been a little bit ghastly to take a look at this lineup. And then for the Chicago White 
Sox. They were finally able to get online yesterday. They wind up snapping, I believe it was a six or seven game losing streak with being able to put up seven runs on the board. Andrew Vaughn, he's actually been the most solid hitter, in my opinion, this season for the White Sox. Hitting nearly a threader. Got his fourth home run season yesterday. Tim Anderson, he's hitting above a threader. You know that A.J. Pollock, Jose Abreu, guys like this are not going to continue to hit the Mundo's line of 200. There should be some positive regression there. And for the Kansas City Royals, it's really all about Salvador Perez when it comes to the power. Now, a gentleman that is going to strike out quite a bit. He's hitting right around a 220, but has five home runs for the team. You really don't have a lot of power outside of him. When it comes to White Sox, bullpen has been a little bit shaky for the team. They've been dealing with a couple of injuries as you've been dealing with William Hendricks being day-to-day for this team, but Jose Ruiz is still able to give you some solid innings. Kyle Crick has had a little bit of a rough start to the season, but Kendall Graveman, Aaron Bummer, you're able to rely upon them. And then you take a look at the Royals. I really like what you're able to get out of Josh Samon. They did wind up using Scott Barlow and Jake Brents yesterday, but Barlow only for nine pitches, so he could conceivably come back in this game as well. Joel Payampas is someone I do like, and Andrew Benatendi taking a look at the lineup. He's hitting a 380. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression there, but Michael Kopech, someone who for his career has gotten over 11 strikeouts per nine innings, has a very electric fastball. I think that that is going to be tough for the Royals to be able to catch up with. Now with the Royals, you do have Brad Keller. Throughout his career, but has actually done a solid job of being able to limit the deep ball. Problem for him has always been being able to command the ball. Someone that, for his career, has given up nearly four walks per nine innings. You do take a look at what he wound up doing on the road during the 2021 campaign and actually had a little bit of a better ERA than he did at home. Did wind up giving up 11 bombs in 78 and a third innings with opponents hitting at 307, but he did wind up getting more like eight strikeouts per nine innings. Found a way to be able to wriggle out of a lot of results, but that said, I need at least a plus 165 to take a shot here on the Royals. I did wind up setting this final line at a minus 164, so if I really wanted to, I'd be able to take a shot at minus 160, but I'm looking at the run line, seeing a lot of plus 125, seeing as high as a plus 135 out there with the White Sox. Anything of a 125 or higher, I'd be willing to take a shot at. Pretty much everyone is there, so I'm going to reduce the juice here. I do think that the White Sox were able to find a little bit of something with their offense yesterday. I do think that that's going to carry over, and I think that they're going to hit Brad Keller relatively hard, as I did wind up saying this total a little bit north of 8. I'm going to be taking a look at the over in this spot of Royals versus White Sox, and this is the spot in which I'm I'm going to be taking a look at that White Sox run line as we do move on to 923-924 on the betting board. You've got yourself the Boston Red Sox and they're going to be playing against the Toronto Blue Jays. Alec Manoa. Manoa, what? He's going to be going for the Jays. And Garrett Woodlock is going to be on the bump for the Red Sox. The Red Sox are finding themselves as a sizable underdog here. You're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 130 and I'm seeing a size plus 150. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Jays, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 150 and minus 160 with 7.5 to 8 being your total. 7.5 juice has the over at minus 120 and the under at even with the 8. You're going to be finding that under anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120 with the over anywhere between even and minus 105. And this is a situation which I'm going to be taking a look at the Blue Jays. I wound up saying them as a minus 160 favorite. Now, the question becomes money line or run line. Right now, you're finding that Jays run line anywhere between a plus 125 and a plus 130. I was willing to take anything above a plus 122. So, this is a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at that run line. I want to, once again, be able to reduce the juice a little bit as I do think that we're going to see a little bit of a surge here on runs. And I do think that the Blue Jays are going to be able to fortify themselves as one of the best offenses out there in all of baseball. As you've got Flyer. Jr. He's hitting above a 3 hour. He 
he's been able to pound out the home runs for this team as he's already got five this season. You've seen Bo Bichette struggle a little bit. He did wind up having that grand slam a little bit earlier in the series, but he just a 210, but Zach Collins, Laurie Scurriel, both of these guys hitting between a 275 to a 280. That is rock solid for the Boston Red Sox as well. You take a look at the bottom of the lineup. Kevin Ploiecki, Bobby Dahlbeck, Jackie Bradley Jr., Kike Hernandez. All these guys are hitting below the Mendoza line of 200. Now Xander Bogarts, he's hitting a 400. He has been rock solid for the team. Rafael Devers, he's hitting a 275. Wound up actually being out for a little bit earlier in the series. He's now back. He's already got a few home runs this season. Alex Verdugo, trio bombs, but Trevor Story, someone who's always seen some relatively demonstrative home and road splits, hasn't been able to get online. And for the Red Sox, because they are throwing out their Garrett Woodluck, the bullpen is a little bit hampered because you do have to rely upon Austin Davis, Ryan Brazier a little bit more. Woodluck has been a very reliable multiple any guy for the Red Sox. And even though he's coming out of the bullpen relatively stretched out, wound up going four innings in his first start against the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm fully expecting right around five or so innings out of him, but you do take a look at Alec Manoa and Manoa, what? This guy has been really, really good at home throughout his career. You take a look at it ever since the beginning of the 2021 season. Right around a 2-4-ish ERA at home, giving up just four home runs and 54 and a third innings last season with opponents hitting a buck 53 now. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression for that, but the Blue Jays bullpen has been relatively solid. You bring in Yimi Garcia in the uh, trade deadline last season along with Adam Simber. They've really shored things up because Taylor Sacito wasn't necessarily getting the job done, but Trent Thornton has actually proven to be relatively solid out there in the pen as well, and I I even like what you're able to get out of some like a Tim Mesa. So I do take a look at this spot. And I do think that the Blue Jays should be able to get to Garrett Woodlock. I think that Woodlock provides a solid five or so innings, but I think from there the Blue Jays are going to be able to jump upon him and be able to get some good hits. I did wind up saying my total at an 8.2, so I'm going to be looking at the over and I'm looking at the Blue Jays run line to be able to reduce the juice. And we go to the DK Nation pick, which is a final game on the board. 925-926, the LA Angels going to be playing also Cleveland Guardians. Cal Quantrill is going to be going for the Guardians and Reed Detmers is going to be on the bump for the Angels. 8.5 is your total with the over anywhere between minus 115 and even money with the under. It is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 120. If you're looking at the Angels, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 155 and minus 170. Plus price here with Cleveland, you're going to be getting it anywhere between plus 142 and plus 150. The DK Nation pick is the Guardians because I actually set Cal Quantrill as a favorite. We were talking about it with our good friend Minty Betts. There's just no taking Reed Denvers. This is a guy that should not be at the major league level. He really didn't pitch really at all at the AAA level. Got sent up to the big leagues. He has struggled this year in three starts, a 6.57 ERA, giving up at least two runs at every one of his starts, has completed more than four innings in just one of them, and that game against the very poopy Baltimore Orioles, and you just take a look at him for his career. Eight starts has given up seven home runs in 33 innings. His walks per nine rate is north of four. The swing and miss stuff is relatively solid. He's just 22 years old, so you gotta feel like in a few years this guy is gonna be a future ace. Right now he's a fade, though, and you take a look at Cal Quantrill. Hasn't necessarily been the world's greatest year for him, but three runs of fear given up in each out of his first three starts. That was against the Royals, the Giants, and the Yankees, so it's went up against a pretty good competition, giving up just one home run in the process. Swing and miss stuff has yet to be there. Only six punch outs this season. You take a look at what he wound up doing during the 2021 season, or around seven half, eight strikeouts per nine innings. His home runs per nine rate was right around one, so I do expect him to be relatively solid. Did wind up struggling a little bit more on the road with a 375 ERA, and to the Angels' credit, around the uh, duo that you wind up having in Joey Otani along with Mike Trout, this is a bunch that has been able to step up. Taylor Ward, 
uh, wound up having a multi-home run game earlier in the series against Shane Bieber. He wound up getting another one yesterday. Now, Otani's been struggling, but Mike Trout, he's sitting right around at 350. He's been amazing. Jared Walsh has been able to give you multiple home runs. He's hitting about 250. Brandon Marsh, Jack Mayfield, these guys have been able to get on base. But you take a look at the Cleveland Guardians as well. Stephen Kwan has been dealing with an injury, but he's still got Jose Ramirez. He has been tremendous for this team. 23 RBI, 5 home runs. He has been one of the best players in all of baseball thus far. Owen Miller, Josh Naylor, both of these guys are hitting well above a 300. Framil Reyes wound up swinging at a 3-0 count when I wound up taking the Guardians a couple days ago, so that was not necessarily so great, and the ball was out of the zone in that 3-0 count, but Andre Cervantes, he's been able to get on. Miles Straw, one of the best base dealers in all of baseball, and for the Guardians, this is a rock-solid bullpen. Nick Sandlin's able to give you good innings. Emmanuel Class A, one of the best closers they're going to find in all of baseball. Logan Allen has become a multi-inning guy for the Angels. You do have out there Ryan Tapera along with Raziel Iglesias, but past that, Oliver Ortega, Mike Myers, Archie Bradley, to their credit, Aaron Loop has been relatively solid since the beginning of last season, but I do take a look at this spot, and I do think that Reed Detmers just should not be this big of a favorite, so the DK Nation pick is going to be on the Guardians. I wound up saying the Guardians as a favorite in this spot. Do you mind saying my total at an 8.8 as well? I do think the Quantrill is going to give up a few runs, but Detmers, there's just no trusting in him, so DK Nation pick is going to be on the Guardians, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over, and that'll wrap things up for the Thursday edition of the Baseball Betting Show. Now part of the Beeson family and podcast. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, baseball betting show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gunit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters see them. It does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five that five star review. I'll be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. And a big thanks once again to Minty Betts. Did a great job lending her insights on this Thursday board in the second segment. Be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. And that means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.